Hey, welcome back to the Style and Flow podcast. They've got the style, I've got the flow. Today's topics are covering fast starts, slow starts, and point leaders. Uh, today we're going to be starting with the Boston Bruins in the Atlantic Division. Currently, second place in the league with 24 points, Raz and Zach. How are they doing this, guys? Well, the Bruins, as we expected to be sixth, you know, to finish sixth, we that's where we had them. Looking at that right now, I don't think that was pretty accurate. I mean, obviously there's lots of season left to play. We've only been a month and a little bit in. But just judging on what they've been able to accomplish in the past 14 games, yeah, they're 12-2, and two and they're, they're first in the Atlantic Division. We thought maybe with the injuries to Marshawn and McAvoy, they would, they would be... Um, it would take them longer than a month to come back, and so we thought that might hurt this team into getting into a bit of a, a rhythm. But that McAvoy and Marshawn are both back, and they they've been doing good without them. So I only think that these two additions now just propel them to do even better than they have been. And to answer your question, Jesse, they've been doing it with goaltending. Linus Allmark, they've been getting great goaltending from him. He's second in the league in goals against average with 1.95, and he's tied for third in the league in save percentage with a .936. So it's been goaltending that have really propelled them. I mean, you know they're going to get good offense. Pasta is uh, third in the league in points with 22, so... Um, it's just been good, good all around for Boston. I mean, they're also they're also tied for first in goals for so yeah. fifty seven. I mean, already yeah, that's that's good crazy. Goaltending, good, uh, good offense, all around complete, uh, complete performance from them. Is fourteen. And games. while we're talking about statistics, uh, they have the league's best penalty kill at ninety six percent. That's crazy, and their power plays at the middle of the pack at twenty percent. And yeah, I think we had them ranked at six, but man, are they. Are they pulling something together right now? Uh, they're 8-0 at home. Um, they love yeah. the garden. The garden in Boston. So next, we're going to be moving on to the Ottawa Senators. Kind of the polar opposite in that division. Um, Ottawa's, uh, you know, we thought Ottawa would have been off to a better start. They had, you know, we talked about the additions in Alex Dabrinka and Giroux and... Uh, Cam Talbot, and now uh, we know he was injured for a bit, but he's back and five and eight, five eight and one, and sitting last in the Atlantic Division is definitely not where we thought this Sens team is. Was Sens team would start the season at, but it's it's probably a, a thing about chemistry. You know, they need to they need to gel, and they just need they just need more time. I think I think they're gonna be they're gonna figure it out soon. Yeah, you look at all those new additions, it's tough. We kind of, us and a lot of the uh, big wigs in the national or international media, I guess, um, kind of put these sky-high expectations on them. And when you're coming into a new team, you know, you got all these new pieces. Sometimes it takes, there's some growing pains that take some time to gel. So that uh, that's probably what we're looking it, at here. The thing is, is when, when you see expectations and you see a bunch of people saying yeah they need to do good with all these additions then it's that pressure factor right it's the pressure that starts uh taking a hold on the team and they don't start doing as 
as well as they should be. And one thing I want to know about the Ottawa Senators that has been positive for them is uh, forward Shane Pinto. He is uh, in the race for the for the Calder. He's tied for first in points among Calder Calder uh, runners. And so yeah, he's looking he's looking really great for the Senators. Ah uh, yeah, and looking again. You know, they're at the middle of the pack in both special teams with 80% on the penalty kill and 20% on the power play. And I think, you know, some people might get caught up with the new additions, like you guys were saying, with Dabrinka and Giroux. Uh, but actually, their top line there, they are producing. Uh, uh, Dabrinka had two goals again today against the Flyers, and Giroux won against his old team. So I think they're... Their big boy line is producing. It's course, just yeah. whether the rest of the or the second and third, fourth line, if they can get going and rolling. Obviously, that injury to Norris is a major uh, factor into you know why they, their top six has been in a little bit of a hole. Right. But uh, moving on to a team that has surprised all of us in a positive way, the New Jersey Devils. Now. You know, we did expect them to do better than they have been in the past couple seasons, but for them to get off to this good of a start, an 11-3 and record on a eight-game win streak is just kind of amazing. Like, you could, you look at the, the young core that they have with Heischer, Bratt, Hughes, Sharon Govich, and it's like they've this core has been together for a couple years, if that, and they're now starting to, to use that chemistry to... Like put themselves together as a team and start start winning games as a team. You know, goaltending hasn't been strong for the Devils. You know, they've had lots of injuries with Blackwood, which again he got injured again this year. But you know, Vanacek has seemed to kept them keep them into games in order for them to to win these games. And then you're looking at their additions with Marino, and that just strengthens the decor even more with you know Dougie Hamilton and Ryan Graves. So. All around, like, the Devils roster is, is pretty solid, and I think they're going to surprise us more later on. Their uh, goal differential is crazy. They're plus 15, um, 9-1 and one in their last 10, 8-game win streak. Um, and maybe an underrated stat that our uh, amazing IT guy dug up. <laughs> we love our IT guy. Love the IT guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Love the IT guy. He needs a raise. Anyway, shots against per game. IT guy went deep for this one. New Jersey is first in the league with 24.9 shots against per game. So, I mean, if you're not giving up shots, the other team's not going to be scoring goals. Um, If the other team's not getting shots, they're not going to score goals. So, while they're goaltending, their numbers might not have been the best. They're limiting shots. They're doing a great job with that. And, uh... Their offense is paying off because of that. Yeah, I think you guys took most of it away. Uh, I think their ability to uh, not only score goals but play good defense as well has what allowed them to be on this eight-game winning streak because, as we all know... uh, Defense wins games. Yeah. And it starts with the defense. You know, you're not going to have a good offense if you can't keep the puck out of your net and keep it out of your zone. So... Anyways, time, time to talk about um, Zegris' best friend, John Tortorella, and what he's been able to do with this uh, Flyers team. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Tortorella loved that highlight of Zegris' Michigan goal, not counting the other night. But in terms of his ability to get the Flyers off to a pretty good start 
is remarkable actually and for him to come into a room and with his with his coaching style it's it's crazy how the team has i want to say bought into his system so early and for them to be above above 500 7 5 and 2 record they are on a two game losing streak but i mean that happens to to every team uh Carter Hart who's got who's got the stats on Carter Hart IT guy he has been unbelievable for the Flyers this year. So Top far. of the league in save percentage. There we go. With a .941. And a 2.18 goals against average. Thanks, that's, IT guy. That's just, oh my God. Carter Hart, he's bounced back. You know, last couple of years he hasn't been at his best. He hasn't been able to keep the Flyers in games. And, you know, he's been a reason why they weren't winning a lot of games. <laughs> but... You good there, Zach? Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. We're we're back. Yeah, I just I just want to add uh, the Flyers' ability to stick around in games and you know come from behind in a couple games to get those greasy wins. Uh, I think that's what also has allowed them to do pretty well so far. I think you know we had them ranked last uh, in the Metropolitan Division, but I think they've surprised a lot of people with uh, their game plan and how well they're playing. I'm sure they're, they'll die down sooner or later, but I don't I don't think they'll finish last. So No, yeah. as of right now. And you can really tell you can really tell they there have been close games when the goals for are 36 and the goals against have, have been 38. So, you know, you know as Jesse said, the greasy wins pulling out like one goal wins, two goal wins is what they've been able to do so far. Yeah, and I don't know. We we uh, probably won't see any more Michigan's coming uh, from the Flyers. All I do hope is Zegers pulls it off against the Flyers one day. Because I want to see what that's like in the next morning skate. You, uh, Jesse, you had a good point there about the close games that the Flyers have been in, and I think that's a, it's a testament to Torts. You know, love him or hate him, he's gonna have his team playing hard. Yep. Um, and you know, playing hard sometimes that's the difference between a win and a loss in a close game. So I think that's what's benefited the Flyers so far this year. Okay, well, now... Sid the Kid. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Penguins. What's going on here? 6-6-2. Six, six, and two. They were on a horrible losing streak. They are now on a two-game winning streak, so, you know, they've turned it around a little bit. I don't know how long that's going to last for, but all we can really say is they're, they're an aging team. We said it at the start. They have one of the oldest rosters in the league, you know, Crosby's getting old, but they Malkin, Latang, Jeff Carter, Zucker, you know, and the only really youth they have is in J- Jake Ensel, and he's been amazing, but it takes more than that one, that one guy to propel a team to keep winning. Now they do have the longest playoff streak alive currently in North American sports, but. I don't know six six and two. It's not terrible, right? It's it's not what we. It's definitely not what we projected the Penguins to be able to do. But like three I, wins in their last ten games. Lots of season left. Lots of season left. Yeah, and I think with their veteran leadership, I think they'll turn things around here. Of course. Uh, you know, every team kind of goes through a little bit of a spell where you know maybe they haven't won a couple games in a row or whatever, and there's questions, but. I think the Penguins will turn the ship here um, with guys, you know, they extended Malkin and Latang. Like, they got their three big guys there. Big three. I, th- I think they'll turn it around. I don't see it as an issue. 
Uh, like you were saying with the playoff streak, I don't know, our IT guy, I, I want to say it's 17 or 18 years. I'm not too sure about that, but it's around that range of making the playoffs. And that's just a remarkable uh, yeah. stat line that's a testament to not only the players, but the, the big coach and management. The as big well. three has been able to pull it off all those years. I don't see why they can't try to go for another one. <coughs> yeah, um, Jesse, the IT guy went to Chick fil A, actually, so we'll, we'll go with what you said. <laughs> Sounds good. All, All right, right, moving on here to Winnipeg Jets, the Western Conference, and the team from Manitoba sitting on top of the Central Division. The Winnipeg Jets are eight, three, and one. They're on a three-game winning streak, and just after last year with their mess with Paul Maurice and him getting fired or he leaving, <laughs> as they like to say. It's just, um, yeah, they've been able to turn it around this year. Their team hasn't changed much, just other than the fact that Blake Wheeler is the captain anymore. But in terms of roster moves, they, they didn't have a big splash in the offseason. So it's pretty much the same team. They've still got Hellebuck and Nett. They've still got Ehlers, Connor, Shifley, you know. And I think it's just this was just a bounce-back year for the Jets. And they've so far been, been able to get going, so... Good on, good on the Jets to keep going. Good on the Jets. Um, let's pull up some stats. I just want to allude to the fact that, yeah, we had them ranked at number six, which is near the bottom of the pack in the Central. But, yeah, winning seven of their last ten games and having the third-best power play in the league at 90%, I think they're doing a really good job. And, yeah, they've just... I think surprise a lot of people and at eighth in the league with 17 points who knows if they can keep this up I'm yeah. not sure they will they might but we'll see Hellebuck will Hellebuck will always drop slightly for a little bit he does every year yes but other than the, that for them the story's been goaltending right you it see? has been so far Hellebuck yeah. does have the best save percentage in the league at .938 so he has been playing really well and the third best goals against average at 1.90. And I'm very sad because the Jets shut out my Hawks 4-0. Jets beat back. the Yotes uh, a couple weeks back. We're at that game. Oh, yeah. Played well. But anyways, moving PLD on. said that Molitorino was the best ice in the league. So Speaking of Molitorino, it's time to talk about the hometown boys. The Arizona Coyotes. Woo! The Coyotes are doing great, you know. College Arena, don't have those uh, those dressing rooms ready yeah, yet. So I mean, they look worse than the the dressing rooms I used to play in yeah. so far. But I mean, they're they're getting they're getting what they need to be doing. You know, six six and one. They're at five hundred. I never thought they would ever be at five hundred throughout the entire year. I I did think they were they were going to do better than they did last year, but they did get younger and. Um, yeah, they're tied for the last wild card spot. Who would have thought that would have ever happened? Um, but yeah, they're they're on a three game winning streak. They're they're on a fourteen game road streak. Three games have gone by. They've won all three. Let's see what they can do against the Devils tonight. But that should be their toughest test yet. But so far, I'm liking what the Coyotes are showing us. Yeah, and for them, it's really been a a, a balanced attack. They don't have any player 
Um, in the top 20 in the league in goals. They do have a player, a rookie player that's leading. Michelli. Matthias Michelli tied for first. Among rookies. Among rookies, yeah. Not overall, but yes. And, um, yeah. I just want to say, who would have thought, you know, we're a month and a bit into the season, that the Arizona Coyotes would have the fourth best power play at 27%. Um, I think that's a wild statistic. And talking about guys, you know, I think uh, Kraus, Paul Kraus, has really arisen. He seems to be finding the back of the net lately. And I just think, yeah, we'll see if they can somehow manage to string together a couple of yeah. streaks here. That that power play unit with uh, Lawson Kraus, Dylan Gunther, and... Um, Sorry, Lawson Kraus, my bad. Did you say... Lawson. Lawson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Lawson Kraus, Dylan Gunther, and Matthias Michelli. They've they've been the three, the big three on, on that power play unit for the Yotes. And looking at, like, their goals for and their goals against, they're 37 goals for and 46 goals against. So... They're not they're not scoring lots winning games. They're winning games one nothing, two one, and the games that they lose, they're losing big by, right? So it's just they just need to find that that balance between not trying to let in like five, six goals of games when they're losing, right? Yeah. yeah. There it's that young team we talk or it's those winning those close games that we talked about. I mean the Oats very young team, so you know, they wanna play hard, they wanna New new building this year. They want to um, be in engaging games for the fans, and uh, and it bring it brings it, it brings it yeah, back to that. It brings it back to that no pressure factor that I was talking about. Right with the Devils, right? They're the young team. They they were last in the like bottom in the league last last year, and so they're playing free, right? They're playing with no pressure, and they're just going out and playing hard. They have nothing to prove, so why? I just want to add, I think Arizona has one of the best school horn songs. I was not aware, but... Baby, I'm howling for you. That's an all-time favorite. I love it. Uh, anyways... We should move on before we get more Raz singing in the podcast. <laughs> Our one, like... Uh, well, another I, so I think it was pretty good. You thought it was pretty yeah. good. I think it was pretty good, too. Uh, like, maybe I, I'm just we, a hater. We don't need room for hate in the, in the podcast, Zach. Exactly. Get out. <laughs> All right, well, moving on to the another surprising, Another surprising team. 500, they yeah. are on a two-game losing streak, but before that, they were rolling. Uh, yeah. We're going to we're gonna let Jesse, uh, Jesse, Jesse get, get all the, his uh, take thoughts on, on, this on, on, on this team here. All right, well, I just want to say, after the first two games, going 0-2, uh, losing to the Cup champions, and then getting shut out by Vegas, I thought it was going to be a long year, but they managed to somehow turn it around. Uh, their big boys are coming to play. Uh, Kane and Taves tied for 10 points each. Uh, yeah, they're playing well. Like you said, they're on a two-game losing streak, but... Are know, we witnessing a Kane-Taves 2010 form this year? I mean, Taves is crazy. He's fighting the back of the net a know. lot this What's year. What's happened with that? Uh, he's popping off. But yeah, they their ability to, even when in close games, to extend into overtime and to a shootout, even if it's getting a point, that's really helping them. Right. Uh, they're five, five, and three right now. So above five hundred, tied with Arizona at thirteen points, uh, a couple points back of a wild card spot. Keep in mind that they've only played thirteen games, so that's a couple less than the teams in a wild card spot have played. But yeah, I just I'm really happy with what they've been doing, and I think if they continue, 
who knows? Maybe wild card. We'll see. But yeah, let's talk about a team that's just crap. <laughs> the Blues, <laughs> just absolutely good. terrible. <laughs> that no one expected. I mean, we had them. We had them second. second. I mean, sure. What they? What did they do a few years ago when they won the cup? They were last. January first. They, so they got. They got boom, some time. They just yeah. went to the when they turned it around and they made the playoffs and then went and won the cup. So, is that going to happen again? I hope not, and I don't think. <laughs> I, I, I don't it. think it's going to happen. But they'd have done it before, right? And maybe they just need to regroup here but four and eight is terrible they they only have 28 goals for and the goals against have pretty much been doubled that 46 goals against two and eight their that last is, 10 that's just yeah that's it's brutal. terrible they're at a minus di- 18 differential in terms of goals they so. have the third worst penalty kill in the league at 70 percent so that's never a good sign well, look there's another stat the canucks are worse at god <laughs> And going two and eight in their last ten, that is that's terrible. I'm hoping Craig Burby can turn it around. Big Craig Burby fan. I think he's a great coach. So we'll see. I think I know last time when they won the cup they brought a dog on the ice. Um, so maybe there maybe there's a dog in their future again. Talking about Jordan Bennington? Turn this Says, uh, I guy wants to fight everyone. With the way he acts he is. He wants to fight everyone. I don't know. But yeah, I just think they have too talented of a roster to be this bad at the start of the season. They'll like, turn it around. Boogie, yeah. I said it. They're they're not they're not an old team or a young team. They've got that O'Reilly, Tarasenko leadership. Then they've got the Kairu, Robert Thomas young core. So yeah, I mean this team is built pretty good. Oh, and yeah. I don't think they should be I don't think where they are right now projects uh what they are as a team. So anyways yeah. Moving on. Ve- Vegas Golden Knights sitting oh. at the top of the Pacific Division. Yeah, yeah, what you said, Zach. Just <laughs> utter shock. Nine-game nine win streak. Now, we know the Golden Knights are a good team. You know, they have been a good team since they've gone and came into the league. But without without uh, uh, Robin Leonard, we didn't think they would be doing this well to start without Pacioretty giving giving up for nothing we thought you know maybe the the offensive production would decline but now all of a sudden Jack Eichel wants to play hockey like he's the second overall pick which he was and it's all of a sudden that he's starting to to turn it around in his career and Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill but yes both tied top 10 in save percentage like I think Aiden, Aiden Hill's Hill. barely Aiden, pl- Aiden Hill's barely played any games. Yeah, really. It's yeah, been all Logan Thompson. It's, it's been all Logan Thompson for right. the majority, and he he was the the big question mark. He was it was going to be if he's able to be that goalie for this team, this team's going to do well. If he wasn't going to be able to uh, play to those standards, then that's kind of what we had when we we're thinking of where we we're putting Vegas in the standings. But you know, he's he has been the goalie so far that has propelled this team. So. Yeah, and I just want to say, I think looking back, uh, just looking at this core of players, Marcheseau, Carlson, Theodore, they were always really solid players, even in the last couple of years, you know, when Vegas came into the league. Uh, yeah, they had, a, they had a powerhouse. And, you know, I think maybe last year, not, not as great of a year. No. But, yeah, like I definitely didn't see them 
uh, first in the league after about a month or so. And and on this nine-game winning streak, I think what they're doing is just it's crazy. Like, they keep going at this rate. Who knows? Hopefully they don't. Yeah, hopefully, honestly. I hope they finish last. <laughs> go Sharks, go Ducks, because can't stand the Golden Knights. Moving Anyways, on, talking about another uh, expansion team, Seattle, Seattle Kraken. Kraken. Yeah, I mean they're they're turning it around from last year too. They had those big additions with you know Burakovsky, and then they have Matty Beniers make uh, playing this year, and he's he's been unreal too. He's the third guy tied, tied. for Momo rookie points with nine, so he's been a big factor in their offensive production. Um, Martin Jones has been surprisingly pretty good. Right, uh, I didn't expect that to to happen but yeah the Kraken are eight five and two and they, they've reached that 50 goal 50 goal mark in terms of goals for so they have been playing very well playing very well hockey so yeah you talked about res uh certain teams playing loose and i think this is another right. team like that they don't have too much expectations placed on them and that's why they're just going out and yeah, playing loose definitely. and playing their type of hockey. And that's what's put them seventh in the league right now with 18 points. You know, yeah. I think they've, well, they went into Calgary, won there. They went into some hostile environments. Oh, yeah. And have picked up, like, definitely. huge two-point wins. So, yeah. yeah. Not much more to add there. Yeah, I mean, seven and three in their last ten. They're, they're rolling right now. Yeah. Well, moving on. Raz, we'll let you take this one away. Vancouver Canucks. What do we, what do we think? They quickly go, we'll go Calgary and then Vancouver. We'll give Cal- Raz we'll we'll yeah, a Calgary and then okay. Vancouver. We'll yeah, give Raz I, a second to collect his thoughts. I, I, I can take it away here. <laughs> Calgary Flames. You know, we talked about this before with them losing um, Goudreau and. Kachuk, and they also lost Monaghan, but that's not that big of a deal in terms of them producing. But I did say this before that you know these two losing these two these two players in one of the best lines in hockey, it's gonna take a while for this team to get that chemistry back that they had, right? Because that one line was producing almost all of their all of the goals and stuff. So it's gonna it's gonna take a while for them to get back into a winning mentality and for them to uh, gain that chemistry back. Um, they were, the first, like, three, four games, uh, I know me and you, Jesse, were talking, we thought they were absolutely amazing. I'm like, who's going to beat this team? Yeah. Because they looked phenomenal. And now you're seeing, like, more games being played, and it just it goes back to that. They need to, they need to gel. They need to bond as a team. Uh-huh. And before it's gonna take a while, right? Because that's that's a big loss for them. They they added they added two players that can take them that way, but they just need time. They just need time. Yeah. And Jacob Markstrom has not been good. He's no. like he, ending off you last watch, season in the playoffs. Just continuing because you watch these last seven games that the the Flames have lost in a row. They've outshot the team. They've outhit the team. They've They've been in the zone more. And you you see it's like a 2-2 game or a 1-1 game, and player on the opposite team just comes to the zone and rips a shot. 
And what does it do? It goes right through Marsham's legs or right through his blocker. And it's like, he needs to be the goalie, or he should be that goalie that can make that save that right. the Flames need in okay. order. Because it's not like the team's letting him out to dry. The team's out shooting, and they're they're out chancing almost every team they've played this year. They have des- they have they've deserved to win almost every game they've played. It's just it's that luck factor, and then on top of that, Markstrom just needs to be better. Yeah, Markstrom's getting paid the big money. He needs yeah. to he needs to produce for them. But you know, I'm not I'm not too concerned. I think Daryl Sutter is, knows how to coach his team. Oh, yeah. He knows how to get them into the playoffs. Uh, so while they have went two six and two in their last ten and on our are on a two game losing streak, I seven th- right now. Oh seven. Yeah, seven my bad. Right uh, I think that they will turn this around, and I'm not I'm not too terribly concerned. They have the star power, you know. They have the defense. Goaltending has been a question, like you were yeah. saying. So hopefully that picks up for them, or if not, they could be in for some trouble. Marshall has a .893 save percentage this year. And another thing that sticks out is Huberto. One goal so far this year. Yeah. He like, said it himself he's not happy with the start. Well. And he just needs to turn that around. And I think it's, again, that chemistry factor that they just need to find. Speaking about um, horrible goaltending, let's move on to this embarrassment of a franchise. <laughs> And I'm allowed to say that because, you know, I'm a big fan of the Vancouver Canucks and I've just been disappointed with the start. I mean, with our top nine, our top nine in the forward group, and then, you know, speaking about Demko, we, we're, we're not projected to be 4-7-3 and three right now. I thought we would start, have a way better start. I mean, it took us a million years to get a win. Finally, we're able to get us ourselves out of that little slump, but it's still not looking too great. I think these two games up here against Toronto and Boston in the, in the next couple of days are going to be a, a big uh, test to see if this team stays the same or it gets blown up. And Demko has not been that guy at all. He's not helped this team win, but Spencer Martin has. And fun fact about Spencer Martin, he hasn't had a regular loss loss with his in his time with Vancouver so whenever he's in the net the Canucks have picked up a point and I think that that the Canucks need to play into that and I I really do think that Spencer Martin needs to take the lead here just so that Demko can realize that he isn't playing well and he needs to bounce back but in order for him to really take into consideration that he's not playing well he I think he needs to be benched for the next few games and let let the hawk goalie take take the start. Yeah, the only only alarming statistic that I could find uh, for your, for the Canucks is the penalty kill. Yeah, it's a the second last in the league. It's last in the league. Second last actually was sixty six percent. It's dropped now. It's sixty one percent. Okay, mm-hmm. they are dead last in the league. It's a problem we've talked about with the um, with the Canucks. Um, always. It's always been a problem. Defense. Penalty kill hasn't always been a problem, but you lose Tyler Mott. You lose that fourth line last yeah, year. That high, more lamical Mott been, line was unreal, and we don't have that anymore. And Demko hasn't been reaching out and stealing games. The, and the thing is, though, like one thing I want to say about, about the, the team in general is like you have a general manager in Rutherford who's basically taking shots at Coach Bruce Boudreaux. I like for it. I don't you you can say you like it. I 
completely disagree. And I think Boots Brujo is nowhere near the problem of this team. You know, oh. he came in last year and he turned things around a complete 360. And for for Rutherford to do nothing in the offseason in terms of uh, strengthen the decor and then to come out and expect uh, an amazing start from the Canucks and Boots Brujo, I don't think that's fair at all. And... I really do think that Rutherford is more to blame than Boudreau. And I just want to add one last point, talking back to the penalty kill. Um, knowing that it's not a strength so far, you know, I've been watching a couple games with you guys, and the Canucks have taken a couple penalties, like, within the first couple minutes in the game, in a couple games that I've watched. So putting yourself at a disadvantage early in games like that and having the opposing team gain momentum, whether it's just zone possession or actual goal uh i just think that puts you at a disadvantage so cleaning that department up of not taking penalties early in the games i think will also aid definitely definitely agree with that and like either we give up a penalty in the first minute or we go up two goals and it just looks like it's the same result almost every time that we just i don't think the team is gelling well in the locker room right now and you know, these next few games are really going to put to the test of whether this team gets blown up or they are they can stay competitive for the rest of the season. But it's all defense that's a problem. It's they've got a top five power play in the league. Yep. Horvat are producing second in goals. Got get the defense cleaned up, but it's always been a problem and it needs to stop. You know, we always say it's a problem, but it, it should be addressed. Definitely. Right. Moving on, though, I think. We, yeah, well, that's that's it for the NHL. Wraps in it up. terms well, of... Little ASU content. Definitely. Sun Devils hockey. Love this team. What did we look it up? They're 6-2-2. Six, 6-2-2, two and two. Six, two and two, Four yeah. Four-game winning streak. Four-game winning streak. Beat North Dakota in Vegas. Massive game. I what, was a, in what a great one that was. I was in Vegas during that time, and... It was it was crazy walking around the strip seeing all the North Dakota fans. Did you catch the game, Zach? I did not catch the game. No, unfortunately oh, not. I had to, my phone died, so I had to ask some guy um, in a North Dakota jersey what the final score was, and he told me, and I gave him a nice little forks up right to his Out face. Of the way. Um, Let's talk about TJ Semptenfelter in terms of how well the the Sun Devils are doing. At point nine three one save percentage, like. I mean, I've watched a lot of the Sun Devil games in the last couple few like few weeks, and he, he's been amazing. He's been great, and for him to play like that and let the team handle everything else, like they 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 believe in their goalie. They don't need to be a team that needs to worry about whether or not their goalie can keep him in a game, and because he's he's shown that he's he can definitely steal games for this for this team he's on his second year of eligibility um with his covid year last year at northeastern and you know he just he didn't get those opportunities at northeastern and coach greg powers um, i listened to an interview he talked about how he wanted him um went to northeastern first tj did and then wasn't happy there so i went to asu and this asu team they're gonna shock some people oh yeah like I they're, they they're a good hockey team oh yeah beating north dakota um, it's really you it's, got, yeah, it's, yeah. It's really that that goaltending along with the big three that they've got going on with that. Lucas Sillinger, Robert Master Simone, and Josh Doan. They, I mean, Lucas Sillinger and Master Simone tied for nine points, and then you got Josh Doan with eight, Jack Judson with seven, and it's really these these top three guys that can. 
find the way to put the puck in the net, whether it's on the power play or even strength. And one thing that I want to know is going to the three games that we went to, it seems like the Sun Devils have just done an amazing job of just pushing the other team back into their own end. Right. Like all the all the zone time is in the opposing team's end. Definitely. Whether it's Colgate or Alaska or whoever, it just seems like the Devils have just had all the control in the game. And the only team only time the other team touches the puck is on yeah. the power play. So Definitely. I just want to say they've done a solid job all, all around. They're, they, they're looking really good this year, and hopefully we can surprise some people when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, looking at an NCAA tournament bid, out of this club, USA Hockey ranked them 20th um, in their latest poll. Finally so, being ranked, about time. Yeah, about time at uh sporting team at the school's ranked big hockey school here at ASU definitely um, but I don't know me personally I'm looking for an NCAA appearance out of them um, yeah would have to move up four spots top 16 teams make it but wouldn't that be cool um, a team from the desert big uh, test uh, in a couple weeks here against uh, Minnesota and yeah. Logan Cooley that should really uh, put put our Devils to the test here to see how well they compare and compete against a top team in the nation. I'm going to be at that game, so I'll let you guys know how they do. Thanks, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Your uh, Thailand Flow cor- hockey correspondent will be live from that game. Yes. On November 25th and 26th at Mullet Arena. Home game two, big game. Okay. Well, thank, thank, you guys, thank you guys for joining us on our, on our third episode here. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back for more next time.